The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to it. It's uh, six minutes after 11 o'clock. Just out of the starting gate too early, man. 416-870-6400. And we are here. The Pinpoint Health Show. Dr. Lou is ready to go as well. Reaching out is uh, 416-870-6400. You have uh, some some health concerns. Give us a call here live on the show for the next hour. Would love to talk to you. You want to reach out? Uh, you can on social uh, to Dr. Lou Pinpoint Health. All kinds of great stuff on Instagram and Facebook. Of course, you have the Lou down the long form podcast as well. But uh, let's get started in this particular radio format, pal. What uh, what's going on today? Hey, John. Uh, I'm a little under the weather. Thankfully, I did have a, a COVID test, and it's negative, so it's not COVID, but probably just some minor um, virus. But you know, I think it's the point here is I. And the reason why I bring it up is, number one, my voice probably sounds a little off. And, and number two, it's very important that if and, – and you know what? I knew when I, I woke up, um, it was Wednesday, and I had a slight sore throat. Um, and, you know, it, typically sometimes at this time of the year, I'll wake up and just have a bit of a dry throat. And But within, you know, an hour of being awake, you know, I'm sort of back to normal. But this one stuck around, and so right away I said, mm, this, you know, I've got to be careful here. So I, I immediately canceled all of my – um, appointments and meetings, whatever I had for that day, um, just to be certain. I, 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 because I didn't feel horrible, I said, let me wait it out and let's see what happens. I progressed throughout the day. I developed a bit of a running nose. And so I said, okay, so at this point, I, I've now got to go get tested. So I booked an appointment to get tested on the Thursday. Um, uh, I, again, didn't, I stayed home, I self-isolated. Um, and you know, I went to go get tested and thankfully yesterday I found out that it's, it's negative for COVID-19. Um, and, but I am still, until I feel better, I'm not going anywhere, right? Like until all my symptoms and I feel, you know, 95% better than I did Wednesday. It's just a little bit of residual, like, you know, phlegm and stuff like that. So otherwise I feel totally fine, but I, I bring this up, not because, you know, I need people to feel sorry for me or anything like that. I bring it up because I think that's, you know, with what we see happening right now, with COVID-19 and our numbers going up. I think a lot of that has to do with people just not taking this as seriously as we once were. And, and you know, I, I think I've made it clear sort of throughout this whole thing um, and the way I've portrayed it on the radio and everything. I'm a realist about this. I'm, I'm not somebody that says that, you know, keep everybody indoors, don't let anybody out. And at the same time, um, I do think that there's rules and regulations in place that really are designed to help us so that we can keep this under control. And again, you know, what we went through in the spring with the lockdown, I don't think anybody wants to go back there. Uh, but the unfortunate reality is with the cases rising, um, that starts to become a more and more real possibility all the time. And, and we've seen from, from the news and the reports that are coming out that the majority of these cases, the, the upsurge that we're seeing, is mainly with social gatherings, people really not following the the restrictions that are in place, taking this as seriously, you know, wearing their mask. When I was out earlier in the week and I, um, I was at a grocery store, the amount of people I saw with their mask hanging just below their mouth um, and then they're sort of wearing it more like a scarf than they are a mask. And, you know, you see people touching their face and everything. It's just like, you know, this is the problem with humans is, is we're good in the beginning. Like things have to be, uh, sort of recent in order to have an effect, but I feel like everybody's just, you know, and I, and I'm, and I'm not going to say everybody outside of me. I think everybody to some extent 
and and maybe I'm sure you too, John. I'm sure everybody we know we're getting lazier, right? Like we're we're just maybe day to day not because it's sort of you know the norm now, so we're not taking it as seriously. But I really, really think that it's important for all of us. And what I try to do every day is remind myself of the reality of this, right? Remind myself, hey, this is not. Um, this is not a joke. And, you know, even on Wednesday, like there was a part of me where I was like, ah, I'm fine. I'll just go do what I have to do. It's a slight, like a little cold, but it, you know, and I said to myself, I said, no, that's, that's the wrong thing. Like, yeah, I, I knew I was fine. I knew that it, it would be all good. But at the same time, I said, I'm not going to do it until, unless I'm 100% certain. And the only way to be 100% certain is to go get tested. And I think, um, you know, we just heard prior to this show on the radio that, um, 39,000 tests were administered in Ontario, right? And, and that's a record. So more people are getting tested, which would also account for why numbers are higher, right? If, if we're testing more people, yep. then likely more people will be found to have the virus. And again, a lot of these symptoms are very, very mild. The vast majority of people have very mild symptoms. They wouldn't even know if it's the difference. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's an infectious disease doctor uh, when I started developing this on Wednesday. And I said to them, I sort of said, like, you know, like, I, I think it's too mild to be COVID. Like, I feel otherwise fine. And they're like, well, no, that's the reality. It's for most people, it's just a simple cold, right? So you, you can't feel those mild types of symptoms and determine for yourself, ah, it's nothing. It's, okay. it's fine. This is just the regular type of cold that I get. Because, again, although it might be that regular type of cold or those regular symptoms that you've had previously <clears throat> in other seasons and whatever, the important thing to remember is that there are people that are going to be very uh, susceptible to this virus in, in, a ne- in a negative way, in a very harsh way. And we want to make sure that we're doing our part as individuals to do our part for everybody else. And that way, if we work together as a population, as a team, that's really what this comes down to. If, if, if as a population, we work as a team, we'll get through this. We can get through this in a structured way without having to shut everything down again. But I really want to urge people um, Please try to think of this. Try to try to actually turn your mind on every time you're doing things and think, okay, you know, like, is this potentially dangerous for me, someone that I care about or anybody in general? So, uh, you know, we won't go I won't go all COVID on on this show. Obviously, the show is is really about um, helping people with their health. But this is a big part of health. Um, And, you know, I encourage anybody listening right now, give us a call. That's my favorite part of the show. Um, ask me your health questions, any questions, comments, concerns, um, you disagree with me, you don't, whatever it may be, I, I don't care. I, I love having the conversations um, with the listeners. I love providing any of uh, any direction, if I can, to guiding people's health care. And, and that's really why I love doing um, this show as we, you know, in September of 2020, as we get started on our, I guess, fifth season of the show. It's It's really exciting, and I'm happy uh, that it's gone for this long, and, and that's been my favorite part of it. So, uh, please, if you're listening, give us a call. Yeah, please do. Again, uh, lines are open here for uh, for Dr. Lou. COVID-related or not, just bring it on, 416-870-6400. You know, you mentioned the numbers and the people that that people still have to be very vigilant about this. You know, it's not the same old, same old. I know it's getting tiring, but you got to keep on top of it. In fact, they just, they just released a, a news update that now these new restrictions, 10 in, 25 outside, have been uh, imposed for all of Ontario now. That just uh-huh. came down the yeah. pike. So that's all yeah. over the province, which is a brilliant maneuver. I'm glad yeah. the Premier's doing this, slapping these. Yeah massive fines on people because they've got to give their head a shake. And, you know, I, it's funny you mentioned that the uh, the numbers going up. I live very close to the uh, the Rexdale testing site, and man, it it, it was it, it it kind of 
petered off. There was there was still still cars in there every day because I walked by it. But in the last week and a half, it has just been like a Costco parking lot, and the the wow. line comes out the driveway, goes down the street, literally like like Field of Dreams. It's like build yeah. it, they will come. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. And and funny enough that you bring that up, as you know, and as most viewers know, my main office where I actually see patients is right at the hospital. Um, that's just you know a block south of, of there. And uh, I went there the other day when I started feeling this, and because it's a drive-through, and I and I had never been. And and when I went in and I asked the security guard, how long is the way from this point? They said four hours. Yeah. And I was sort of like, uh, I think I'm going to go book an appointment just because I wasn't prepared. You know, I thought this would be like an hour thing, and I wasn't prepared to wait four hours in my car feeling crappy and whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's good. I think it also highlights the fact that we need more testing centers, which I know the government um, ha- has put out some things this week in terms of getting more testing sites, other people doing them. Uh, but, you know, we've also got to make sure that we're getting these things in a timely manner because that type of thing will be a deterrent, right? Like the same way it deterred me and I, and I said, let me find an alternative somewhere where I can book because I, I just didn't want to be waiting in a car. For a lot of people, that may just be like, ah, screw it, I'm not even going to get tested, right? So even if it is a deterrent and you don't want to wait that long, I would urge you, you know, and then I've spoken to other people in other different areas of Ontario, and, you know, it might be worth uh, a 45-minute drive somewhere, right, like to go get tested um, in not such a high-density area. That way it minimizes time and things like that. So there are ways around it. And so I think you bringing that up, I really want to highlight, like if, if, if you're going to one of those centers and that type of weight is deterring you, there are other options. And I think you should investigate those other options. That way, again, you get the test that you need and, and, and you do the right thing by getting checked. So, um, yeah, but you're right. These things... Mm-hmm. We, we, the social gatherings, I think, is, is one of the biggest issues, right, where people, I think, are really stretching the limits and the amount of people that they're, they're with and doing things. And I think that's really, again, where we're seeing. And the other thing here is, is it's the majority of people, the, it's actually in people under 40, right? These are people that are just often thinking that this isn't going to affect them. They've heard that it's mild for that age group, so big deal, right. I get a cold, whatever it may be. Um, but that cavalier attitude, again, it's dangerous because we all interact with people who are going to be susceptible to this uh, probably yep. more than, you know, someone who's otherwise completely healthy. So we've got to do our part for sure. Want to get to a uh, call here, Michelle. Thank you for standing by. Welcome to the program. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Thank you. Good. What's your concern, Good. Michelle? Good. My concern is uh, my son is uh, 14 years old and he's having a problem with his bowel um, constipation. He's been under doctor's. Uh, care, I should say, ongoing for um, for constipation ever since he was small. And whenever they do, they just said it's constipation. It's frequent pain in his tummy. And um, I've been to the hospital so many times, they said it's constipation. So now he's on PEG and Piccolo like every once a week, Piccolo and um, PEG every day, like twice a day. And he's still having the pain in his tummy. So I don't know where I should be. Well, I mean, so you've, you've mentioned you've gone to the hospital. Has your son been referred to a GI specialist? Yeah, recently referred to the GI. She said to take this, um, the PIC for the PEC clothes once a week for, um, and then the PEC locks every day, like twice a day. So it's a lot of, his bowel is very soft or could be watery, but the cramps that he's having, I'm just concerned about the pain. 
It's on. Yeah, I mean, again, this, this is very as someone who's been having this go on for such a long time. It's obviously I, you know, number one, it's not even my area of specialty. But um, second of all, it, it, this is if it's been going on for a long time, there's there's a bigger problem here. You're going to have to work with the GI specialist to figure out what, <clears throat> excuse me, what the best treatment intervention is, uh, what the right diagnosis is. I'm not. There's a multitude of reasons why pain and cramping could happen. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't be doing you any justice by just throwing things out there over the radio. I, I think as long as you're seeing a specialist, if your son is seeing a specialist for that issue, it's, it's about continual follow-up. It's going to be trial and error with different treatment interventions that the, the specialist is going to want to try to finally mm-hmm. get to somewhere that helps to manage it. So it sounds like you're on the right track. My initial concern was when you said you had just been going to the hospital Again, what people need to understand about emergency rooms is they're not there to manage chronic ongoing issues. What they're there for is to manage an emergency, something that is potentially, you know, urgent or life-threatening within the next 48 to 72 hours. And outside of that, really, their job is going to be to refer uh, back to the family doctor and have the family doctor um, manage that issue. So really, this falls back on the primary healthcare physician and the team of specialists that they decide to, to include in that. So it sounds like your son's on the right track, and I would just continue down that track. Michelle, appreciate your time. We hope that uh, helped and uh, continued uh, continued benefit for you. We want to call in and talk to uh, Dr. Lou. you got some pain concerns. Bring it on here to talk. 416-870-6400. Right here, join us. Pinpoint House Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is pinpointhealth.ca, info at pinpointhealth.ca, and anytime you want to reach out when we're not doing this radio show, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, and the Lou Down, very cool stuff, long-form podcast, you can tune into that and find that. Wherever you get your uh, your favorite podcast, we're going to move on to a couple of phone calls here in a second. You know, you mentioned um, Dr. Lou about, you know, the people under 40, a lot of cases rising in that regard. You know, the, you know they're partying on university campuses and doing all this stupidness. And, uh, yeah, an obvious disregard for those that are being at much higher risk. You know, I saw something on social media the other day I thought was really interesting, and it, it had to do with that. It was, oddly enough, ironically enough, it was on social media, which is the bastion for a lot of young people, of course, and I know you and I use it, but a lot of young people are on there as well. And it basically said, you know, next time you're out there partying and you're thinking to yourself, oh, if I get COVID, it's not a big deal. If, uh, you know, I don't get sick, it's not deadly to me. But you know what? It's deadly to people who are much older than you, your fathers, your mothers, your grandparents, and you're damn right they're doing everything they can, and they would not to make you sick. So why don't you return the favor? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the other reality here, yeah, and the other reality here is, you know, I always say that stats matter until the stat is you, right? And so the point that I'm trying to make with that is, you know, although the likelihood of serious illness for people under a certain age is very unlikely, do you want to take that gamble? Like, is that, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's a stat, and although the numbers seem low, why would anybody want to take that risk, right? Why take that needless risk to put yourself at risk of something serious. Like, so even outside of, and you're absolutely right. What you're saying is absolutely correct. And, 
and 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 you're you're right, right? Like you think about the other people that are going to be more susceptible, but you don't know that you're invincible yourself. You don't know. We don't know. This virus is very much what we call a multi-system virus. So it's not like you know a cold where it just affects you know your respiratory system. This virus can get into all different types of uh, bodily systems, and there's people that have long-term complications. So even though their their symptoms, like their cold flu-like symptoms, were very mild, they have ongoing issues. Issues, right? Things that are serious. We also don't know, um, because this virus hasn't been around forever, we don't know if this virus is, is a virus that will have longer term consequences. So there's examples of viruses out there that we know um, destroy tissue and things like that and eventually can cause cancer and things like that and other more serious chronic health issues long term. We don't know the extent of that. So to just be cavalier about it and be like, well, if I get it, no big deal. It'll just be a cold. Again, I don't think it's worth the risk with something that you don't know exactly the way. We don't know the extent of the virus, the extent of what, what it can do. And if you don't know that, why chance it? 416-870-6400, the number. Tammy, thanks for standing by. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Great. What's uh, What's on your mind? Uh, well, my husband has double hernia. One of them was sticking out, and he went to the doctors. They sent him to emerge because they thought perhaps it was car- incarcerated, but it turns out it's okay. But they're not letting him go back to work. We haven't been since actually the 13th of last month. He hasn't even got a referral to a surgeon yet. He filled out the paperwork online to, I think it's Solstice Clinic, if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, Solstice, yeah. Yeah, hasn't had a response from them, but, I mean, money's running tight because he's off work. So any suggestions on clinics or other places that he might be able to kind of fast track? I know there's lots of people. I think there's 180,000 surgeries, elective surgeries that are behind right now because of COVID. But Yeah. So, I mean, un- un- unfortunately, I don't, like, you've already done all the right things, and Trolldice is, like, the leader in in hernia surgeries and things like that. I I, honestly, and I've had these conversations with people that have called me throughout the last few weeks where, you know, surgeries that they were supposed to have still haven't happened. And uh, there's longer term things. And the unfortunate reality is we're all suffering from the consequences of that shutdown to the medical system. Right. And, and the other unfortunate reality and what I've spoken about over the last few weeks, and I, and I've heard even more horror stories this week is people just calling me saying like, yeah, you know, like I, I called my doctor's office and turns out that they're closing up shop and that they're retiring. Like, you know, this has motivated potentially people that were right on the cusp of like potentially retiring or whatever to actually push them there where it's like, forget it. I'm not going to put myself, expose myself. There's also, um, I, I know another good friend of mine who's a surgeon who uh, is sort of forced to sort of retire also because they're, um, they have an autoimmune disease and their and their immune system's compromised, so they really can't take the risk. So there's a multitude of factors that uh, that have led to this. But the the reality, the consequence has been exactly what you're describing. These things that once upon a time were um, relatively simple things, and and you can get them relatively quickly. The the, the long term consequences of this have been disastrous. And this is exactly what I've sort of been saying from the you know. And and again, this isn't me saying it like you know, on the phone and nobody's heard. I've been speaking about this on the radio since COVID happened. And, and I've said that the consequences of, what, what, of shutting down a medical system are going to be far greater than a virus itself. And, and the, the, the case that you're describing 
with your husband is exactly one of those things, you know, and the, and the effect to you guys as a family, right, where you're saying money's tight, my husband's got to get back, that, that's real. That's a real consequence. And, and to say that, you know, that's any less severe than a virus, that's where I become a realist, right? That's where I sit back and say, what the hell are we doing? Like, what have we done? We've got to... And that's where I'm like, you know, if there's anyone in politics listening to this, and I hope people hear these stories, because this is really where we have to find the right balance. And I'm not saying that I know that what the answer is. I'm, I'm not a politician, but you've got to find the right balance to figure out how do we keep people safe, but, but at the same time, not ruin everything, not ruin the economy, ruin the healthcare system. And that's sort of the, the unfortunate consequence. So I, I, I'm sorry I don't have any other sort of advice, but I, I am very sorry for what you're going through. Yeah, it, it just shows how COVID can affect everybody, even people without the disease itself. Of course. Itself. Yeah. It's, it's trickling down to, like, everybody and anybody. Everybody. You were yeah. mentioning about people that doctor is packing up and leaving. Um, I have elderly in-laws who went to have tried to call their doctor and have just found out that they've closed they're in their yeah. 80s in the middle yeah. of treatment and, and that's i've uh, again yeah. i've heard horror stories about this right now and it's and it's so frustrating you know it's in to some extent it's it almost makes me it makes me angry because you know what is their job what is the oath that we all took as as healthcare professionals right this is our job this is this is what we're supposed to do we're supposed to help people even in these times and again, there's even people that are taking advantage and only doing virtual care and not even getting back to, to seeing people in person. And I get it. I get there's a way to be safe. And I've, and I've said this multiple times. Let's figure out a hybrid model. Let's figure out a way that if you can prevent someone from coming into your office, you do if it's needless. But at some points, you do have to see somebody. I'm sorry. Like, it's just the reality of it. And I'm offering that service. If people need to see me, if I can do it virtually and I don't think I'm losing anything, that's fine. But if I think I need to see that person, I'm going to make that recommendation. I, it's, it's very, very important. So, you know, thanks for the call. And, and I'm sorry what you're going through. And, and I, I, I unfortunately don't have any, any way that I can help you with that right now. Tammy, thanks for your time. And, yeah, I mean, you, you just talked about what kind of a crisis it is. I, I, I think you and I talked earlier this week. My, it's my wife, my own wife's doctor, yep. just up and disappeared. She's a great doctor, had her for two and a half decades. But just, you know, she pulled a Kaiser Soze just off into the vapor, and she's had to go to the College of Physicians and Surgeons, not the OMA, the College of Physicians and Surgeons. They're dealing with the, yeah, okay, we got it. We've heard this yep. before. Doctors have to leave a forwarding number. It's legal, blah, blah, yep. blah. We'll, we'll track her down, and we'll get your records. But this is a – it's a straight up pain in the ass, man. People shouldn't have yeah. to go through this. No, no. And it's, it's the, like, you know, we already in Ontario in a public system in Canada, we already always have shortages. We have long wait times. We have all those things that already, you know, sort of bring the level of healthcare down. And, and that's something that frustrates me where people think that, you know, yeah, we have a, a good system, but is it the best system in the world? No, because when you're waiting months, to get imaging for something and, and it's just not the, the, the best way. That's all, of, you know, without getting into the politics of it, it's not the best way. I don't care what anybody says. There's examples out there that work better. Um, and, and we should be looking, my, my personal opinion is a hybrid model between public and private um, because I think it does good things for eliminating a lot of those needless wait times and, and all these things. So we already have a system that's burdened. And then somehow we thought shutting it completely down 
was going to be somehow make things better. Like, and this is what we keep hearing, right? Like, these are the stories that I keep hearing. These are the calls that we keep getting where people are just like, I don't know what to do for simple things, for things that once upon a time were not overly complicated and could get dealt with. The, and, and actually, those are the things that are affected most. It's those, you know, benign, low-level things that are sort of being put on the back burner where it's like, oh, that's not an absolute emergency, so let's just wait, let's just wait. But, you know, although we can say that, our bodies and, and, and the deterioration and the things that happen to us, we can't make that wait, right? We can't just say to our body, well, don't get sick right now uh, because it's not the right time. That's not the way it works. And this is, again, going back to me being a realist about this, yeah, we've got to keep the population safe. We've got to prevent deaths. We've got to do all those things. But at the same time, I really hope that people understand the other consequences that are the reality of this virus. Um, like Tammy was just saying on the phone, that this affects everybody in some way or in some shape or form, even if you've never had the virus. You're going to be dealing with these consequences. And we're, here we're only talking about healthcare. This is a healthcare show, so we're not even getting into economy, finances, things like that. But oh, yeah. I guarantee you that people are suffering in all different kinds of ways, and and, and it's a it's a it's a horrible thing. Yeah, I mean, it's you know this 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 will probably come to a head, and there'll probably be as a result of this uh, coronavirus uh, either before or after there's eventually some sort of vaccine. We get back to some sort of normalcy. It could be a year, two years. Nobody knows right now, but I think there's going to be. Or this will have sparked an upheaval in the way the healthcare system works. I mean, like you said, it's it's nice to have what we have in Canada, but man, it needs uh, it needs a little massaging because right now it's uh, it's hurting. It really is yeah. hurting. Yeah, you know, it's going to go on like that for uh, for some time. Let's uh, let's take a short break. I'll just take a breather. I know you want to get a little bit of a beverage or something for your throat there, pal. So we'll do that Thank and you. give you time to line up a call. You got lots of time. You have pain concerns? Bring them on here to uh, here to Tatia four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Pinpoint Health Show continues. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yeah, that's the uh, the right advice. Call now. You still got uh, still got lots of time. 416-870-6400. You have pain concerns, health concerns. Bring them on. Dr. Lou is here. Want to remind you uh, to reach out pinpointhealth.ca. There is a clinic near you if it is needed. They are in business. They are up in full swing and they are always expanding. You can go there. one 855 Five five Doctor Lou D R L O U and the uh, the long form podcast, which is not just about uh, pain and all that. You've got you've covered so many topics on the podcast so far. It's it's really really yielded some good things. Again, the Lou Down is what that's called. You can find that where you search out your favorite podcast, pal. What else? Uh, what else you got going on today? I don't know. If we got Doctor Lou. I think we might have had a little uh, little interruption in his connection. You know what? We'll uh, we'll reassemble. Get Caroline just to. Uh, Johnny, oh, there. Oh, you're back. Okay. Uh, I thought you were, uh, thought you were trapped sorry. under something heavy. No, you, you won't even believe what I did. I hit mute because I had to cough and forgot to take the mute off. So. Wow. Well, thank God you're in the medical business, not the uh, yeah. electronics business. But, yeah, you know, I was just saying, well, what, else, uh, what else you got happening today? Yeah, I was saying that um, knee pain is something oh. that I've been seeing a lot of lately. And it's mm-hmm. probably due to the fact that, you know, during the summer um, – we, the fitness centers and um, and all of the gyms out there were sort of limited or not open for a big uh, majority of the summer. And then, yeah. you know, that sort of led to people figuring out, well, how do I stay active? What do I do? And obviously running and jogging was one of those things that a lot of people um, started to do, which is, which is great, right? Like it's a great exercise. But the reality of 
running and jogging is the amount of force that it generates on the knees, um, especially people that have some type of osteoarthritis going on, you, you will have effects. But one of the most common things without getting into some of the really, you know, when you look at the spectrum of knee problems, one of the ones that I would say the most treatable and very common happens to a lot of us is, is commonly what we would call runner's knee. And, and really what that is, is it's, it's a tracking issue with, with your kneecap and the way it runs up and down the leg. Um, and it really has to do with imbalances in muscles. So one side of the leg potentially has muscles that are too tight and the other side will have muscles that are too weak. And so you have to find the right balance um, to balance that out. But that's something that I've seen a lot. And medically, that's known as patellofemoral pain syndrome. And um, in the last few weeks at the clinics, we've been seeing a lot of that. We've been seeing a lot of knee pain that's a result of running. Now, again, that's good, right? Like if I, anytime I see someone that has that type of issue, I tell them the good news is you have the best type of knee issue that you could have. And the, and the reason why I say that is there's no internal derangement going on with that. So when you get into things like meniscal injuries, ACL tears, uh, severe osteoarthritis, that creates internal derangement. It's a much more complicated thing to deal with. When you're dealing with a functional issue, those are the things. And this is, you know, the, so many problems out there. We're always looking for what the the you know the medical diagnosis is, but so many problems out there, not just the knee, but with all musculoskeletal types of injuries really come down to functional types of issues like patellofemoral pain syndrome in the knee where we're dealing with imbalances in muscles whether muscles are either too weak they're too tight or whatever and the good news is if that's what you have that's potentially the most treatable thing and if and if you've got something that's treatable then that just means by doing the right things getting the intervention that you need doing the right exercises the right combination of stretching strengthening whatever it may be people will manage this very very well and you know i i can't say for sure but the success rate that i've had with patellofemoral pain syndrome the the runner's knee with the advice that i give for it has always i've always heard very good things people manage it now like all functional issues and like everything that I say, we're never dealing with cures because if there's a functional problem, well, then that's likely a result of movement patterns and things that are probably ingrained that you can't get rid of. The key with these functional issues is now you know that that's sort of a point that you always have to keep working on and you have to keep building that, that strength or stretching, whatever it may be. Again, it depends on what the functional issue is. Uh, but when you do that, people manage very well with that. So knee cases have been, have been up. And, and I again, knees are... It's a tricky thing because you're using your knees all the time, right? So, and because you're using your knees all the time when you're walking around, it's like foot pain. It's something that sometimes doesn't heal very well because you, you sort of have got to do it. Like if you've got a wrist issue, it's much easier to isolate that wrist, not move it around, and, and you yeah. can sort of manage it, right? But when it comes to lower extremity problems, because we're walking around, we're moving around, it sometimes becomes harder to treat those things because you keep on in those poor functional patterns or wh whatever it may be that's the underlying problem of it. So, um, again, now the other thing about functional issues, if we take something like patellofemoral pain syndrome, and I was saying that that's a better option than, say, internal derangement of the knee like a meniscal injury, the reality of why those functional problems shouldn't be um, ignored is because if, if that long-term consequence of that continual functional problem will likely lead to more serious internal derangement problems, right? If you've got a functional issue and it keeps, you know, having the wrong, well, not wrong, but the, not an ideal um, force pattern um, through that area, then that can create uh, internal derangement problems. So you shouldn't ignore those either. It does, just because it's, it's treatable doesn't mean it should be ignored.
Well, you said it's also kind of a weird joint, much like the shoulder, whereas, the, I mean, there's a solid point when your foot's on the ground and there's another solid point in your hip. But the knee's kind of wiggling around the middle, not to make a, a joke of it, but it is, right? Yeah, it's a hinge joint. And, it, and it's yeah. also a hinge joint between two very mobile joints, right? So you've got a lot of degrees of movement in the ankle and in the hip, whereas in the knee you've got, you know, it moves in flexion and extension. But because you've got more degrees in, in the two other ends of that chain, because you've got extra areas of movement, what you're doing is putting added pressure on that knee in ways outside of just that flexion and extension. And that's really, you know, functional issues oftentimes. Um, if you look at it the right way or not, you feel the pain in your knee, but the underlying issue is probably somewhere in the hip or the, the ankle just by the very nature of that uh, mechanical concept that you just brought up that um, you've got, uh, you know, a hinge joint in between two very mobile joints. And uh, you want to call in, you still got some time, you have questions about your pain, could be a knee, could be something else, that's okay, bring it on, 416-870-6400, you want to reach out, info at pinpointhealth.ca. We haven't talked about it in a while, How's the? Um, is there any update or uh, something along those lines when it comes to the PRP? Because you, you were mentioning knees, so I thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, I mean, we, we're still, the, the reality about that is, again, um, there's there's longer wait lists for everything right now. So yeah, we're still doing it, but the uh, the the professionals that we have doing it um, are very limited in their in the times that they can do these things. So um, there hasn't been as much of it lately. the The other reality about everything, John, is I feel like you know a lot of times I'm almost blaming the system, but the other problem is people are sort of still deferring their health care. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. individuals are making the choice just to like ignore things and say, ah, you know, unless it's that problem that's really bad and affecting your life, people are just saying that's ah, just a little bit of an issue. I'm just going to deal with it until this is over. And again, we deal with this idea that there's this magical point in time where it's all going to be over. And yet we don't know when that magical point in time is. So yeah. the fact that people are still sort of deferring that stuff is, is a problem. So, but you know, to answer your question, yeah, PRP injections are still, available right the, the other reality about prp injections and we're doing them mainly for osteoarthritis of the knee that's a problem that faces people that are usually older in age these are the people that are being even more cautious and, and potentially deferring the things a lot more because of the risk of, of being exposed so they're saying hang on I, I may not go see that um so i can definitely see in terms of the patient demographics that i see as a result of the show um, the, the the people that are, say, call it 60 and above have definitely decreased in the last number of months. And, and that's likely a result of, of people making that choice for themselves, too, to say, hey, and, you know, it's probably not a good idea for me to go in anywhere. But this is another thing that I've been sort of trying to preach over the last few weeks. Please, everybody out there, stop deferring your health. Just get back, make sure. And, and you know, I'm not saying be be dumb about it. Like, yeah, make the right decisions. But, you know, if you're going to do the right things, call the clinic, find out what they're doing to ensure your safety. And if everything seems safe, then, then yeah, you know, again, I really think the problem with COVID-19 is not, you know, people going into a workplace and because and, everyone's doing those things. I really think where it's out of control is in the social things, the social gatherings of, yep. of people getting together at people's houses or uh, at events and, and just not following the rules. I think that's where... It's falling apart. But I honestly, everywhere I go, whether it's a grocery store, the bank, clinics, I feel safe. I feel like I'm doing the right things. I see businesses are doing the right things. And I really don't think that that's where people should be afraid. I think I think people should be more worried about those things that, 
you know, don't, you know, the social things, the things not run by a business or whatever. We'll take a short break, guys. Lindsay, we see you there. Hang on the line. We'll get to your call, and you have time as well. Bring it on, 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back indeed. I want to remind you that uh, when the show is done for the day, you can still reach out. one 855 Dr. Lou. Do that anytime. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. But always moving on to our callers. Top priority. Lindsay, thanks for standing by. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Um, so I have ankylosing spondylitis, um, and the treatment plan that I'm on is Symphony. So I have I do a needle once a month. Uh, the yep. Symphony gives me a compromised immune system. Yep. I've recently gone back to work. I work for the school board, and I work uh, closely with special needs uh, children. And I'm just wondering the doctor's thoughts on um, not being able to social distance and having a compromised immune system. Yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough one, right? Uh, I mean, I, on the one hand, you sort of um, with the ankylosing spondylitis, you, those medications are immune suppressant because in something like AS, which is the short form for ankylosing spondylitis, it's your immune system attacking your joints, um, and so suppressing your immune system prevents that problem. But at mm-hmm. the same time, uh, you know, as you're suppressing your immune system to prevent that it's suppressing all parts of your immune system, even the parts where it would protect you from uh, potential viruses and infections like COVID. Um, so it's a double-edged sword, right, in a way, because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, because, you know, if, if you're not on that, then then it, your AS can take over and create a multitude of issues that way. Um, but yeah. at, then at the same time, so I, I, it's not an easy, it's not an easy uh, situation that you're in. I think, I think it's very important, like, the one thing I guess that I could say is, you know, you have AS, right? So it's important to manage that. You don't have COVID, so you shouldn't be managing something you don't necessarily have. So I think what you're doing is the right thing um, in terms of workplaces, in terms of being able to socially distance and things like that. You know, that that becomes a political question, really, right? Like where, you know, m- my understanding is that employers need to be accommodating to take those things into consideration, but again, I, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a, a politician, so I don't know what the right answer is in that regard. My opinion, from a healthcare standpoint, is is yeah, you, you're 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 immune suppressed because you have an underlying issue that you've got to control, um, and uh-huh. so you're potentially more susceptible. So I, I think that again becomes a conversation in terms of uh, you know either is there a way to modify your role so that that way you're not that you are able to social distance. Or are you not? And then, you know, what what level of um, involvement and accommodation should the employer have? And again, I, I'm not a lawyer, so but yeah. my understanding is that they, they need to accommodate you um, mm-hmm. to the extent that that is, is right, that keeps you safe. Um, okay. So that's sort of my, my two cents on it. But I, I would encourage you definitely to speak. You know, I think most people that are in positions of you know, I'm an owner of, of, of an organization and like, you know, I've had people that right now, you know, can't work because they're kids, right? So like I have one one key person in our new market clinic who right now is in a tough situation because of the school schedule with his kids and between him and his wife's work schedule. 
So he's limited in the amount that he can work. I'm totally understanding towards it, right? Like, I get it. It's not his fault. It's a result of everything going on. So it is what it is. So I think most people are humans and understand sort of Mm -hmm. what's going on. And so I'm always a big believer in having conversations with superiors and and whatever it may be and see if there's a way to to sort of accommodate that. But but I do think you're on the right track there, right, Uh, in terms of being concerned uh, if you Mm -hmm. are on that type of medication, which, again, is needed. To, yeah. to, to keep your AS under control, but at the same time, potentially makes you susceptible to viruses and other, uh, and not just COVID, right? That's any type of virus or whatever, if your immune system is being suppressed. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lindsay. No Appreciate your time. We just got about a, a minute and a half left here. Lynn, go ahead. Uh, you're our last call for the day. How are you? Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I'm just curious of what I should do. I just recently, um, as of about a week, a bit more than a week ago, uh, woke up with severe knee pain, and I can't walk very well. Um, yeah. And um, I don't have a family doctor, and I did manage to get to a clinic, and all, they didn't examine me or anything and just suggested I take some stronger medication. Um, yeah. I don't uh, know what the procedure is. I I don't know where you went and only in the interest of time, but that's the wrong approach, right? Yeah, and I um, tried to do a little bit of work. exactly what we specialize in. Yeah. Uh, Give give us, I'll have someone call you or you can call us at 1-855-55-DR-L-O-U and get you in to see somebody that will actually examine you the right way by doing a physical exam because it's a physical problem. Yeah. And then then give you physical treatment because... Likely, again, most physical problems require a physical intervention. So, you know, you, you're just, you're, unfor- you're unfortunately the result of mismanagement by, by whoever you saw, and, and it's not the right thing. You, you did the right thing by trying to seek um, professional advice, and, and unfortunately you just didn't get the right advice. I know it's more serious than it appears, and that's what yeah. I'm afraid of, and I want to do the right thing, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so, so let's, let's get you in, right? Whether, I, I would say when things are that urgent, you know, anybody... You could see anybody in my team, so so give us a call, and anybody will be well equipped to see that. Um, because if it's that urgent, you don't want to just be waiting around for me. Um, if you because we're open seven days a week, right? So we could potentially even get you in, um, you know, tomorrow or Monday or whatever it may be. So give us a call. Lynn, appreciate that. That's a good way to wrap it up for today, brother. We're going to leave it for there. You want to move on and make that phone call, do it. Reach out to Dr. Lou, one 55 drlou info at pinpointhealth.ca, and simply pinpointhealth.ca for more information on the website. And catch the Lou Down, the long-form podcast at your leisure as well. Till next time, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.